Hey good people, this is your N.I. Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey, I am feeling, I don't want to say thinking, I am feeling like a grown-up. <laughs> um, I'm feeling fairly mature this morning. I feel like a grown-up. And on a piece of paper, I wrote the birth of a grown-up. The birth of a grown-up. Now, I do have a list. Um, it is an er Sunday morning. It's not, it's not really early for me. It's almost 8 o'clock. And I've been up since um, 6. And... Um, and um, for the last two hours, I have just been in my head, obviously. That's just what I do. And um, as thoughts, as I was thinking and things I wanted to hold on to, I wrote them in my, in my notebook. So I do have a list of uh, thoughts. Um, a list of thinking, a list of thoughts. Hmm. Anyway, I um, I read two articles on personality theory one focused on the demon function the demon cog cognitive function and the other article focused on the trickster cognitive function and there was a reason why I went and looked for those two articles based on something on my list but those articles because I went to those articles well I went to one article looking for something and then it made me curious about something else <laughs> So I have those two articles in my head, um, giving me more thinking beyond what was originally on my list. So all of that's swimming in my head now. There's a book that um, I told you guys about this summer my aunt bought. One of my aunts purchased it for me. And it was a book that I was just like, hmm, wow, hmm. But um, I really, really do enjoy it. But I only read it in small chunks. And um, I don't have any pressure to finish this book which is unsettling for me but this is a particular book I'm giving myself permission to read it in chunks um, maybe because the book itself I don't know I don't want to unpack that I'm sure there's I'm sure I can make I'm sure I can make a case for why I'm giving myself permission to read that book in chunks um, but anyway I read a chunk this morning one day I'd like to talk to you guys about um, one of my mentors told me how, how to read. Like how to read books. This is a really interesting theory. You're going to be like, tell us now. Well, if I tell you now, then I'm not going to be able to talk about what I want to talk about. So here's the deal. If I'm going to do it one day in the future. But if I forget and you really want to know, you can contact me and remind me. How about that? Yournidom.wordpress.com. Okay, <laughs> so anywho, um, so yeah, so I read a little a chunk of that book uh, that's sitting on my like buffet counter or whatever you call it, and um, and I haven't read a chunk from it since before my dad died, and so I don't. I'm pretty sure there's a a real a, a correlation there, a relationship to that. But anyway, I read a chunk of that book today, small chunk, and so a little bit of that is floating in my head. So. So I have a list, I have two articles in my head, 
and a chunk of a book. And I think all of it just came together finally for me in the last few minutes around the birth of a grown-up. So I'll, oftentimes I'll have these lists and I'll talk through them and then I'll, I'll have a takeaway. I don't know the takeaway until after I do the reflection. Well, I think I did most of the reflection already for myself. And the takeaway from all of that, um, the list, the book, the two articles, is me being a grown-up. So I'm not going to say that the grown-up is the theme for this reflection because I'm sure as I start talking, I can go somewhere else. I just wanted to let you know that I've already done my integration. And the, what I'm feeling is like I feel like I'm a grown-up and I feel like I just became a grown-up, really. And I don't think I just became a grown-up today. And you know it, it could uh, it could very well be with the the passing of my father. Um, I've been kind of thinking that too. Like I'll have to talk about that in another another time because I'm just I'm just not able to right now. But um, I think that that feeling of a grown up also can connect to the my dad's passing. Because of it's forced me to do some, you know, thinking and some calibrating. And anyway, it's just all connected. <laughs> it's just all connected. So um, let me tell you the list. I'll do my disclaimers and then I'll do a see what kind of reflection comes out of me. All right, I do know this is probably going to be a longer recording. Just because there's so much swimming inside of me and I don't have many um, recordings left for the end of the year. So I don't want to go over 250 for this year because I said I was going to do 50 for six months for this season rather. And so I'm at two. <sighs> I have 13 episodes left <laughs> and uh, for and I'm doing I'm in a good spot, but I'm just always aware of what if I hit a a, um, a pocket where I have a lot of think a lot I want to say and I don't have the recording space to do that so anyway I'm gonna let you guys know that this reflection might go um, over an hour I'm certain it will okay just so prepare yourself to hit the pause button and come back as you can all right all right so here's the list number one don't regard what they think say or do I have some stuff on the side but I'm not going to read that number two in my grandmother's house that's the name of the book and there are three um, I am going to read the three things that came off of that the three acts of Jesus um when there is no outside help to perform the task in which you've been assigned and then learning is a practice so all of that just came off of number two I would love to linger there but I'm not number three T.I. to T.I. truth and acceptance that's a continuation of a reflection I did in the, over the past two weeks where I talk about T.I. Serenity. I'm, if I didn't name it as T.I. Serenity, that's what I took out of that reflection. 
Number four, signs of healthiness. And signs of trauma in context. That's not true. Signs of healthiness and trauma and my journey with friends, family, and love. God, there's a lot there. Number five. Marriage at first sight. That is a reality show that a co-worker of mine has been begging me to watch. I finally watched the first episode yesterday. Well, I'm in... I'm in I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with the first season. So I did some binge watching yesterday. So there's a lot there to unpack. I, and I absolutely know why she wanted me to start that series. Number six, consulting, business, writing, and masterminding. Uh, that's a continuation of where I've been and talking about my business and my, my job and, and the mastermind. And I feel like I have some some clarity on that and some new questions. Number seven, 2022 action items and priorities. And that connects to number six. Number eight, SE maturity. There's that maturity piece. I have some stuff in in parentheses there, but I'm not going to read that. Well, not because we'll see. Number nine. I had a major breakthrough this week at my job. Oh my gosh, a major, major breakthrough around some dynamic tensions as relating to the job. But I can extrapolate. I think that there's a bigger lesson that goes well beyond the job but it was a major major breakthrough and I want to tell you that story number 10 N.E. Trickster extroverted intuition trickster and that's one of the reasons why I went to go look for that article because I know N.E. is not my trickster it's not my trickster function but I wanted to use the term trickster as it relates to other people because it comes off as a trickster for other people (laughs) But I, and that's what one, that's one of, that's the reason why I went to go look up what the trickster function is about. So that when I talk about this trickster effect on other people, I could juxtapose it to what the trickster function actually is for the individual. So there's a lot on this piece of paper because I just read 10 things to you, but almost everything on this list has like a branch of like a series of thoughts connected to it and there's no way I'm going to be able to give you all of that but just wanted to let you know that's all on the brain a lot on the brain and I think like I said at the end of the day it all came together over two hours for me to just feel like a grown-up like I feel like I feel consciously aware that I'm a grown-up so the grown-up has been born. Isn't that an interesting thought? The birth of a grown-up. Not the birth of a baby, but the birth of a grown-up. So let me do my disclaimers, and let's just move around in a reflection. And I don't know which of those ten items I'm going to linger in. I might go in a completely new direction. But the grown-up me is going to go after it, okay? 
All right, you guys, if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I'm processing my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using two personality systems. One is the Myers-Briggs, and in that system, I'm an INTJ. And the other system I use is an Enneagram, and there I type as an eight. Pushing those together, I most understand myself as an INTJ eight, or I identify as an INTJ eight. Um, in addition to that identity, I also identify as being an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I am uh, a degreed and practicing educator and social scientist of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. <sighs> I uh, identify as a critical race feminist, and that pretty much, much defines my lowercase p politics as I'm moving about and interacting with other people in the world. Um, this project is unedited, it is unscripted. It is a journal freestyling uh, in nature and um, I use a lot of personality jargon, jargon from the personality world. Um, so if you are not familiar with Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, Give yourself permission to hit the pause button. Go look up something because I'm not here teaching. I'm here using those systems, those concepts to help me unpack my worlds, okay? And I invite you to do the same in your about your world. All right. If you want to know more about this project or how I'm showing up in it or why I'm here, you can go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. Let me do a quick uh, housekeeping note. You guys might hear something in the background, and that's because I have a my heater is I have a fan on me, um, and so that's hopefully that's not too annoying or too distracting. Okay. Okay. Like so, where do I want to begin? Like, a part of me wants wants to tackle some of the smaller things. And those would be the, that'll be the very thing that'll send me in a rabbit hole, right? And then something wants me to tackle the larger. Let me see. Hold on one second. I'm going to put you guys on pause one second. Okay, I'm back. I was paused for maybe two minutes. And what I did was I went and got a mark, two markers, a yellow marker and a red one. And I tried to see if there was a way to group some of these together to see if there was a natural connection and there is um so i'm going to start off with um there are three groups of so out of the 10 items on my list i see a some kind of connection that would give me three themes so eight nine and ten those three um, items are grouped together um two three six and seven are grouped together and then one four and five are grouped all right, so I'm going to start with the first grouping, and that's 8, 9, and 10. All right, and let me just go over that again with you. SE maturity is number 8. Number 9 is the coaching breakthrough that I had, excuse me, the breakthrough I had this week for my job while I was coaching. And then number 10, the NE trickster. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to do 8, 10, and 9, okay? I'm going to say it to you in that order. All right, I'm, all right, I'm sorry. Some of you are like, do we need those details? You probably don't, but nonetheless, I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> all right, so number eight is SE maturity. And I think all I want to say with that is, I, I, and I think this also has something to do with this grand feeling of maturity, is that I, um, you know, 
in the I told you I, I read two articles this morning, and and one was about the um, the demon function, and the other one was about the trickster function. And so the demon function is the inferior function of your shadow stack. Most times, those of us in, uh, who are into personality theory co- or cognitive functions, we talk about the inferior function. But we're talking about the inferior function of the preferred stack, the top four. But there is an inferior function of the shadow stack. And I've just been dabbling into the shadow stack in the last maybe episode or two you can hear me starting to poke my way down in that area because I just have never really studied the shadows the shadow and I think because of my interest in doing the ego work or what I call the uglies I think I'm now ready to start exploring those lower four functions um, there are a total of eight, just in case you are brand new to this world, there are a total of eight cognitive functions. We prefer four of them. That's our preferred stack. And then there's what's called a shadow stack. All right. So the demon function is the inferior function of the shadow. That means it is number eight for you. Okay. I don't know why, why, why did I go down there? But, um, What what the article said when I went to read it in both of the articles because they were written by the same person the the demon function article and the tr- trickster function article um, both said that as you mature you'll start appreciating those functions in your shadow as a part of you you'll accept it and I and even though it didn't say this. To me, that interpret I interpret that as you'll start having a healthier, a healthier relationship with that function because it's a part of you. Now, hold on. Um, I remember it's, it's. I really I don't want to put this on the wrong person, but I really believe that there's some somebody I follow in the typology community who said. That they believe that we don't really access the shadow functions. It's that we use the top four functions to mimic those functions in the shadow. I thought I heard somebody say that. But I also feel like recently they've been talking more about the shadow functions. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know what the different schools of thought are. Like, do we have access to all eight of them and just prefer four? Or are we really fixed in the only, do we only have access to four? I don't know if I, let me say that differently. I believe we, well, let me say this. I believe, okay. Because <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm, I'm growing as I'm starting to study the, the, sh- the shadow. My thinking is expanding. So what I wanted to say, what I was first going to say is, do you, you know, I think when I first started this journey, when I first really started getting a handle on cognitive functions. I probably was under the school of thought that, you know, the four functions, that's it. Like, that don't, I would have probably fallen under that belief system that the in, the shadow functions I might mimic, but I don't have really access to them. But as I began to really think about thinking, like my strength as a thinker, and I know clearly I do T E and T I, and I think. 
I know I do both of those. And I know I do both N-I and N-E. I do introverted intuition and extroverted intuition. I do extroverted thinking and introverted thinking. I know that I do. I know that without a doubt. Um, and I've been feeling that way for about three years. Like just... And not fully been able to articulate that or defend it or make a case for it. So at one point I was thinking, I'm in a rabbit hole, y'all. See, already, already in a rabbit hole. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, at one point I, um, I looked at it like a coin, like the same thinking is a coin, intuition is a coin, sensing is a coin, feeling is a coin, right? And each coin has two sides to it. And the higher up that coin is in your stack, the more you're going to be able to use both sides of it. Right? That's my thinking. So my top two functions are intuition and thinking. That means I can use both sides of the coin. That's what I believe. So then I thought I told you guys, and I still haven't done my research on this to be able to say this person's name right. I think it's BB. I think that, that this person follows. This person's theory has a six-function model. That we are using all six functions. And that makes sense to me. Because I really do believe I'm using, I can use function five and function six. I'm going to explain that in a minute if I can get back to my list. So, but I would not have been able to say I'm going to, I'm using that seventh and eighth function. Not at all. Like, because if in the last two weeks I've done an episode and I was like, do I use extroverted feeling? And then I, I said, I think I can use extroverted feeling. But then as I talked about it, I realized what I was talking about was not extroverted feeling. It was introverted feeling. I was using introverted feeling to do something with the room, to, excuse me, to, to understand the room. But when it was time to do something with the room, I was doing it through extroverted thinking. And extroverted feeling isn't just about feeling the room. It's about doing something with the room. It's about taking action in that room. So as long as I'm feeling the room I can do that through my FI I've developed a maturity to do that I've matured and blossomed to be able to do that now some people could say the reason why I've matured in order to use my introverted feeling to understand the room is because I'm using my extroverted feeling to do that I'm just not using all of extroverted feeling to take action I don't know. I don't know. This. I don't know. I don't know. And I have a friend of mine who went and got her PhD in depth psychology. Like they really get into those cognitive functions. And I'm like, oh, God, that would be delicious to do that. Oh, my God, I just would lose my mind. <laughs> so, anywho, I don't know. You guys, and so those of you who are listening to me and you have a better handle on it, hook a sister up, you know, send me a message because I'm always here for learning. But anyway, the article, let me try to get back to my list. The article was just saying that as we mature, we'll just start developing, um, having, having a greater acceptance and appreciation for those functions in the shadow. And I was like, okay, okay. What? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I don't know why I had to tell you all of that. So SE maturity is not about the shadow. SE is in my preferred stack, but it is about maturing. You know, um, extroverted sensing my outer world, like the sensations in my outer world. 
not the sensations that I'm remembering and I'm unpacking, but the sensations that I'm experiencing in my physical world, um, or just the physical world in, in general. I've developed a maturity in it. And I just wanted to share the three, like, three markers. Of course, there are other designations of this growth for me, but I just felt like there were three that I wanted to share with you. I remember when I was a kid when we didn't wear seatbelts in a car. We just didn't wear seatbelts. And I had to be, it was before I turned in, before I hit the eighth grade. I believe I was in middle school. I have to ask my mother, when did this happen? But my mother made a New Year's resolution, or we made a family, we had a family New Year's resolution, but it was really my mother. (laughs) And the resolution was that we were going to start wearing seatbelts. We were going to just do it as a New Year's resolution. And I don't know if, I don't remember if there was a struggle like, oh, I don't want to put the seatbelt on. I don't remember that at all, but what I do remember is that I wear a seatbelt religiously like even if I'm like just gonna move my car a little bit like it feels so weird for me not to have the seatbelt on I I put it on and and I just think that's interesting because there was a time when I was a kid that I didn't wear the seatbelt at all I didn't have any consciousness or anything about it so anyway so that was like one way I matured in my SE environment and just really accepting like the laws or the principles of the physical world. I think that's what it is. I'm so interested in the principles of, of, uh, of, of projecting out in the future and un- unpacking and unlayering a thing in my mind that I am not as connected to the physical principles, physical laws. I'm not connected to it. And I thank God gravity doesn't need me to be conscious of it. (laughs) Like, thank God I don't need to be conscious of gravity in order for it to work. Because if I, if, if gravity was dependent on our level of acceptance, our level of consciousness to it, I would be floating forever. Okay. I would, you probably wouldn't even see me anyway, anymore because I would have floated away, (laughs) you know, So, I just think I'm just not committed to the principles or the physical or physical principles. I'm not committed to them. Now, when I start studying them to connect them to some other kind of thinking in my head, I love learning about the laws of physics. I really do. But I don't have a conscious commitment to them. Like, I don't have a daily conscious commitment to it. So, anyway. The second milestone, not... That's, that I thought that I wanted to share about my SE maturity is washing my hands. Now that came in my mid twenties. I ended up getting a, a serious illness that was like a born, like being uh, like going to restaurants. I know I never know like how I got the illness, but the, how you get it is like going to restaurants not washing your hands or somebody cooking your food not washing their hands or whatever and I know it sounds gross doesn't it and it is gross like once I got that like I never really had a hypersensitivity about washing my hands did I wash my hands yes but 
did I wash my hands the way I wash my hands now? No. Right? Like, I'm, like, hyper. Like, since... (laughs) This is so personal. I'm going to share this with you guys. So, I've always, you know, I believe I always washed my hands after I went to the bathroom. I believe I did. But now, but after my illness in my mid-20s, I wash my hands more often than just when I go from the restroom. Okay? So, of course, you know, (laughs) this is so personal, right? (laughs) This is what I'm talking. This is so weird. So, anyway, yes, I go to the the bathroom, I wash my hands. But now it's not just washing my hands after going to the bathroom. It's also washing my hands if I've, like, um, been out interacting with people for too long. Um... Oftentimes, I will wash my hands when I come home from work. Um, so it's just, I, I wash my hands a lot now. And I shouldn't say obsessively. But since the pandemic, since COVID, don't, I cannot explain this. Now when I'm out in public and I have to go to the bathroom, I wash my hands first. Then go to the bathroom and then wash my hands again. This is only in the last year and a half since the pandemic. I, again, I, I'm pretty sure I'm just like, it started because I was like, well, we're going to make sure that that virus or that, um, it's a virus, right? That virus is not going to get into any entrance points. Okay. <laughs> so we just go wash our hands. And so, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I cannot believe this. Oh, I'm going to go back and listen to this uh, reflection and be like, really? What in the hell? So that's the second point of maturity for me, um, just the washing of the hands. And then the last point of SE maturity, and I'm strictly just talking about the physical world, is how I um, clean up. And if you listen to a lot of um, NI doms, like, we're just not connected to our physical world for a number of reasons. Oftentimes, people look at extroverted thinking as those of us who are very, like, we're very organized and we're committed to time. Well, I am a dominant, um, when I say a dominant, I don't say driver, but I, when I, when I say dominant function, that means it's at the top of my stack. I don't say dominant as in my driver function, although that's typically how people say it. Because I think both of those functions, my, my, my dominant and my auxiliary functions, are very, very active in me all the time. So they're both dominant. But one thing about being t- um, auxiliary, TE, is that this idea of being organized wasn't always about my physical space. It really wasn't. I'm conceptually organized. And when I'm directing others, <laughs> that's organized. They're organized. I'll direct other people to be organized. And there were, um, it's interesting as I think about it, because there were things in which I have been organized on. Like, so I have now have a, a, a way of having my house organized that I didn't always have at all. So... That's kind of the third piece to this growth that I'm noticing is that I have a pretty organized house. Now, is it always tidy? No, 
because the NI Domi is not going to ever, ever focus on the house per first. I'm always going to take, I'm always going to be in my head thinking about concepts more than I'm thinking about my physical space. But what I've done is I've created systems in my life to then attend to my physical space. Um, let me come back to that. I want to say something about the way I was organized as a TE auxiliary back when I was younger. So my toys, I think when I was a kid, my toys were organized. My room wasn't organized. The thi- not all of my toys either, but the things that I valued, the things that I valued were organized for access. For whatever reason, I can't give an example, but I just that's just what's coming to me. Um, then as I got into college, really, hmm. see, like, okay, let me go back to childhood. Like, I, I read a lot. All, my books were my books were definitely organized, very much so. When I say organized, like in some kind of physical arrangement, organized. Got to college, having to read a lot of books. That was organized. My papers were organized. All of my papers were organized. Um, anyway, anyway, am I boring, you guys? This is starting to feel boring to me. <laughs> um, where am I at? But I've, I, I do, I have to admit that having a clean house has, has just been a struggle in the past. Do I like a clean house? Absolutely. Was I going to commit to it? No. Not if, not if I needed that energy. I did not know how to manage my, that's what it was. I did not know how to manage my energy to have the energy to attend to my physical space. So it wasn't that I wanted to be in the mess. But in terms of my energy, I didn't know how to manage it. I just didn't. So all of my energy was into whatever project I was in. That's where my energy was. And that's and so even when I think about how like having them make a doctor's appointment having to call the bank like that was so hard for me when I would go to work and like I worked a first shift job if and most businesses take calls during the day it was very hard for me to pull stop my from stop my work to make the phone call so I just really and I I don't know how to make sense of that through Myers-Briggs. I can make sense of that through the Enneagram. And all I could think of is just that it was just this function that, I mean, I was, maybe I was just dominated by my NI. So even, like, this is something I don't know if I've ever shared with you all, but really when I think about it, my first consciousness about about my physical space was... Um, I was probably in my third year of teaching. Oh, no. Maybe fourth. And my desk, my teacher desk was horrible. It was a hot mess. I had stacks of paper 
so many piles, not just one pile of papers, not one stack, several stacks. There was not a lot of room for me to write on it, to use the desk to, as a desk. The desk was like this mainly, and I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but the desk was like a storage space. And those files, now those files were not organized. I'm going to tell you, I know why they weren't organized. I know exactly why those files weren't organized. Because when I was going to college to become a teacher, those files were very organized. But my teacher desk was so in a disarray. And I remember um, wanting to close, I remember getting to a place where I wanted to close my day in the day having that desk organized. And so I started creating systems to organize the desk. And then, but while I could have like, maybe I say, okay, um, it's Friday, I'm just going to organize my desk. Well, I probably am not going to get any plays on this episode. (laughs) If nobody downloads this episode, I'm going to be completely understanding because who wants to listen to this? An episode about the physical world and organizing it. Holy Toledo. So, but I'm in here. I'm in here, y'all. I'm going to stick it out. So Friday, like say for instance, I designated Friday to organizing my desk. Okay. Friday was the day I organized my desk. But guess what? It would happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I had no system to keep it organized. So the desk would become, it would be a disarray. Now, I'm a systems person. This is, this is, I'm a systems person. So you would think, well, if you're a systems person, why didn't you create a system for the desk? Okay, I'm going to come back to that. This is, you guys, I'm all in, I'm only in number eight. This is all from item number eight on the list. Okay. So then as I begin to mature in the job to better understand the different components of the job, I begin to create those systems. And I think the problem was, and this is why, I'm looking at number 10 on my list, the NE trickster. I don't call this an NE trickster. What is that? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put you guys on pause because I know what the sixth function is called the critical parent. The seventh function is called the trickster. And the eighth function is called the demon. I don't know what that fifth function is. And I want to make a comment about extrovert intuition for a second. So I'm going to put you guys on pause. I'm going to go look that up and I'll be back. Oh boy, I'm back. (laughs) It's been... Maybe, it's been more than five minutes, maybe ten minutes. And that's because I stumbled on a new article, (laughs) a new concept, and I, oh my God. Um, So I have some some homework to do. I'll I'll tell you guys what that, what I just learned um, in a second. But I really do want to bring closure to this point because it's starting to feel ridiculous. Um, So I went to go look up what was the fifth function called you know, if the um, if the sixth function is the, is um, the critical parent, the seventh function is the trickster, and the eighth function is 
the demon function, what is the fifth function called? And it's called the opposing function. I want to spend some more time reading it because it just... I think after reading about those other lower functions in the shadow stack, what I read about the opposing function didn't feel really distinct. Um, not yet. So I need to just, I need to spend some time like exploring that idea. But on the short end, the opposing function is just going to function in the opposite direction of the dominant function. And at times, and at times, that fifth function can act as though it's the dominant or it could act as though um, its goals are more important than a dominant's goals. And that I can totally relate to. And this is something that I've come to understand as I've returned back into work. Excuse me, return, return to employment. And for the last three years, this, I've been in employment, back in employment in the last three years, that first Three months, I would say, at least three months. Excuse me, about three months. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of NE, extroverted intuition. And I remember the first year when I realized that I was telling my heart coach, I said, I said, am I an NE dom? Because the way I'm functioning is very... um It feels very much like I am extrovert. I'm in an extroverted mode. I knew that. But it wasn't TE extroversion at that point. It was really extroversion collecting information. It was like I was on a mission. Like I was like Miss Pac-Man going through the maze, like picking up all these pebbles. And I was like on speed doing it. And um, I came to I came to make sense of that as blending those top two functions together, N-I-T-E. Nope, that's not true. I wondered in, at some point, was that N-I-T-E coming together? And then finally I was like, no, you're using your fifth function as extrovert intu- in, intuition. Um, because it was I was in a new space, I needed to understand what I was supposed to be doing in that new space. I needed to be productive in that new fit space. And probably the the eight in me wanted to make sure I was not going to be overpowered in the new space. So I was like on a mission to find out what that new space actually entailed. And I told, I remember telling my uh, heart coach, it's like pounding on the walls trying to see kind of where the holes are in the wall or where the hollowness is in the wall. And I was poking. I was doing that very much through my extroverted intuition. So just reading what I just read a second ago when I had you guys on pause, and you don't, it doesn't feel like pause to you, but it is for me, so I'm more than likely I should sound a little different. But one thing I did get from that reading is that it can, conf- that opposing function can confuse you into thinking that its goals are your dominant goals. And that is so spot on. I mean, if I'm understanding that correctly, that is so spot on. So, what was the point of me going to that article? So, why did I need to know about the opposing function? Oh, that's this. Because I was talking about my desk. And I think as a new teacher, there was just so much, there was just so much in the world of teaching that my NI had not yet had an opportunity to organize. And my NE... I don't even think it was any. I was going to say it was any, but I just think my NI 
just hadn't had a chance to organize it. Because I wasn't, I don't even think I was doing any in that original, like how I've done any in the past three years, I wasn't doing any like that as a beginning teacher. Not at all. I simply, so the point of going to get that, the name of that fifth function really is obsolete right now. Although I'm glad I did go look it up because I learned something new. I learned a couple of things since I've been on break, since I've had you guys on pause. But the reason why my desk, like I had all of those piles of paper is because I didn't really know how to organize those papers and to what function, what, what you, like what was the function of the organization? I was going to organize it based on what? You know what I mean? If I didn't understand the job, and I definitely didn't understand all the pieces of the job, how would I know what to do with all of those papers? I didn't. So they sat. I, I, I piled them up like, okay, I'll get to this. I'll get to it when I understand it. Now, I didn't have that consciously. I didn't say that consciously. Oh, I'll file this when I, under, when I understand what file it needs to go in. But that's what I was doing. And so once I began to become aware that um, that I needed to have a active active role of filing those papers at the end of my day, like I like I looked at other people when their desk was spot clean. At the end of the day, I'm like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I began to I I, I wanted to develop that skill. And um, and I remember going through the process at the end of the day trying to trying to clean off that desk and it was overwhelming for me I'll never forget I cried I couldn't do it and you know what it reminds me of my niece my youngest niece one day um, a few years ago I was visiting and she wanted her room clean she was struggling she couldn't clean it and I and I heard her crying and I thought she was crying because she didn't want to clean the room no she wanted her room clean she didn't know how to do it and that's I think my youngest niece is an extroverted sensor and I think what she was doing I don't think she understood how the things in the room she didn't know how to organize them conceptually she didn't know like she didn't have a place for everything to go so that's what I did. You know, I kind of gave her a map of the room. And she was, ha- I'll never forget that. She was happy for the rest of the evening, like in her room, listening to her music, putting things away according to the map that I'd given her. And she keeps a very clean room now. Now she wanted a clean room. Now it's interesting that she hit that place where she wanted a clean room earlier in life than I did. Right, so look at that. So she, she being an SE, I'm, I suspect she's an I suspect she's an SE dom. Um, that would make her an NI inferior. I'm an NI dom SE inferior. I'm spend time massaging concepts and trying to understand. So I was doing that. I just didn't know how to translate that conceptual understanding I didn't know how to map that onto my physical world or I didn't know how to I didn't know the the correlation between my mental maps and the physical space and because the physical space didn't bother me if it was in a disarray like it bothered my niece my and I just needed the time to figure it out 
it was going to figure it out. Well, my niece needed that NI function faster because she wanted that physical space orderly. So she knew that there, I would suspect, I don't know, but I suspect she knew that there had to be some arrangement, some order to it. She just didn't know what it was. And therefore she couldn't clean her room accordingly. And so me and my NI Dom self, I came in, of course I was older. I could, I said, this is how, the, this is how you could organize it. And then she was happy. Whereas for me, I needed to understand the conceptual map of my job first. So I was, te- this is my fourth year. It was my fourth year as a teacher before that desk began to bother me. <laughs> I had a messy desk for four years. And it did not bother me until year four. And then I began to start trying to make sense out of it. And then year four, I still hadn't mastered all of the, all of the domains of, of teaching at that point. I hadn't mastered it. I was good. I was a good teacher. But like I think about like how I went back into the classroom a few years ago. I don't say this. As though I'm like the perfect teacher, but I can run it. I can be. I can be a very good teacher, and at the end of the day, not bring one thing home. I mean, there were there were times I did have to bring my work home over the past couple of years. You know, like around report cards, conferences. There were times I did, but on like when I was a beginning teacher, those first six years. I lived like that. I, I, there was no sep, there was no coming home. First of all, I stayed at the job. I stayed in my classroom. Uh, I was always like the last person to leave the job. And then when I left the building, I would bring my work home and do more, eat dinner or go to the gym, eat dinner, and then sit in front of the TV and do more work. And my dad would say, you work so you can live. You don't live so you can work. I'll never forget that. He said, you work so you can live. You don't live so you can work. But that's what I was doing. (laughs) I was living to work. And I think ultimately what I was doing, I really do think this now, hindsight. I really think I'm feeling a little emotional right now because I feel like I just traveled back in time. Um, I really think that I was trying to create a conceptual map of that job. I was trying to map it to a place where I could condense, like, organize it into some kind of conceptual map. And because teaching is a very organic process, and teaching is an organic process, and the school environment is very dynamic. And there are all these moving parts, changing parts. So even year to year, there's always something new. So even if you think you mastered it one year, there's just something new. You know, I even think about me now, like there's all, I'm always learning something new. Like, oh, look, I'm like, I went to another training, right? <laughs> so just getting back to the desk, um, you know, I, I had, I remember crying because like my niece, you know, with her room, I was like, I did not know. I really struggled. And for me, it wasn't at the, that point. I don't even think it was, I didn't know what to do with the files, the papers. I think at that point. I think at that point, once I started having an awareness that I wanted to straighten my desk up, I believe I had files at that point. 
my filing system wasn't as it wasn't sophisticated as it needed to be. So therefore, I would pick up a piece of paper to go put it in a file, and I was like, oh, it can go in this file, or it can go in that file, or it can go in that file, right? So I just didn't have the proficiency yet. I didn't have mastery of the the map that I had created, that I was starting to to create for the job. I just lingered for an hour on one of my points. Um... And I think for point eight is my, like, that's when I started trying to organize that desk was like, so first the seatbelt, <laughs> then it was washing the hands, and then it was like organizing my physical space. I got to a place where I had, I have a, the bomb desk at, jo- at my job. Like, when I say my desk is spotless right now, there is nothing on my desk. As a matter of fact, when I left the job Friday, I, it's not only clean, I sprayed it and I wiped it down. It's immaculate, okay? <laughs> and I got to a place after that year of really struggling, I got to a place where I really was able to get a handle on, on my desk. It wasn't until hmm, five years after that that I was able to have an, a spotless desk where nothing was left on my desk. I really worked hard to create an advanced filing system so that everything had a place. But when I got to that place where my desk was like like awesome, I started coming home realizing your house is not clean, your house is not organized because I was putting all of my energy on that that space at work. Why? Because it was public. And I can come to my house and nobody was looking at it. Nobody was visiting. And I didn't have a consciousness of it because it was not as in, there was no public element to it. And that's the only time I care about the physical space and organizing it is when it's public. For the most part, it's like SE and TE are both extroverted functions. And so I just, I I had a spiritual conviction at that time. Like, people thought I was so organized and so on top of it. And I started feeling a spiritual conviction. Like, yeah, but look at what, if they knew what your house looked like. And so I went through a very similar process with trying to keep my house clean. Of trying to learn how to have a clean house. It wasn't the fact of cleaning, like, mopping or, or, like, cleaning the sinks, the bathtub, and the toilet. I I understood that, but it was all the other stuff of living in a house and how it can get in a disarray. I didn't have a place for everything. And because I wasn't really having a relationship with the physical environment, I didn't understand how to create a map for it. I didn't know how to create a map for the house. So now... My house has, I have a map for my house. I have a conceptual map for my house. And so now I can go through the house and put things away, not because I'm having so much of an SE experience. When I'm organizing, when I'm fixing my house and I'm tidying it up, that's N-I-T-E. I'm organizing my house. I'm straightening it up based on the map that I've created in my head for my house. 
and that's just that that's an interesting I never thought that was going to come out of me um I'm going to end it here. I'm not going to let this, because this was just a clean break. I really want to say more about number 10, the extroverted intuition trickster. But I feel like that's going to take me into a different topic. And I just want to really end it here. This whole idea of um, of the relationship between NISE and like um, maps, conceptual maps for the physical space. And how things stay organized. Now, I don't know what other people do with different functions. How you keep, how you keep your, your space clean. But for me, and I think for my niece on that axis, our space has to be aligned to some kind of an organized map. And I think I can live in the disarray longer. Until my NI can create the map, I have a tolerance for the, I have a tolerance for physical mess longer than I need to <laughs> until I can create the map. Now my niece needed the map, but she didn't have a, she didn't have a tolerance for the mess of her room. So. <sighs> Anyway, you guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about maps, <laughs> conceptual maps, physical order, SE maturity, because those are the kind of the things I've talked about. If this relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. Okay, do a meaningful share, please. And if my moving about in this reflection has caused some randomness in you, please find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com and hit the contact button and send me a message. I got a message from someone in the last two weeks. Oh, you guys don't know what that did for me. If that was you who messaged me, just thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get your permission to talk about something that you raised and if you don't give me the permission, I won't do it. That's the F5, you know, values in me. I won't do it. But until I get a chance to ask you that question, because um, I have since emailed you, um, I just want to say thank you. It just was a really great, really great way to start my day when I saw that I had that message. So if you're out there, anybody, and you have these thoughts that are generated from my podcast, just find some time to send me a message. I really, I, I did it. I do enjoy it. All right. Um, so you can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. On Twitter, yournidom1. On Facebook, nidom leadership and YouTube, yournidom. Okay. Somebody's been poking around on my website too. I've had some activities. Oh, and I've been doing some tweeting on Twitter. Not a lot. No one has responded to me yet. You know, I spend most of my time, I have two other Twitter accounts. So I'm like, why don't you start when you have these random thoughts um, for your in like personality theory? Why don't you just tweet it? Do that. So, so go check that out if you have some time. Okay, let me give you your homework assignment one second. Okay, I have a couple of questions for you. What is your relationship with your physical space? Like, are do you need it to be cleaned and organized? Number one. Number two, how do you clean it and organize it? And what do you think about this idea of a conceptual map as relating to an organized space? 
So what is your relationship to your physical space? How do you keep it organized if you do? And if you do keep it organized, do you feel like you organize it based on a conceptual map? Or do you organize it based on something else? And I, and I, I don't know what, I would love to know what it is, but this is your homework assignment. And how did you evolve? I, I hit the one minute mark. How did you evolve? I mean, one hour mark. Sorry. How did you evolve in your relationship to your physical space? Have you always had just an organized relationship with your physical space? And what do you think that's based on? So the question is really about the outer world, the organization of it. And what is the, what are the, the, the principles of organization, basically? What's underneath? What are the principles underneath? how you organize your space. All right, you guys. It has been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.